0: Hi, I'm Lisa Brenner, letting you know that my new film, Say My Name, will be available in selected theaters and on-demand starting June 14th. It's a madcap British comedy about love, one-night stands, and criminals who shoot themselves in the leg. To find out more, go to the Say My Name Movie Facebook page or simply search the hashtag SayMyNameMovie on whatever social media you use, and you might just see me in a sex scene. That's all I'm saying.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of Disco Nights, you'll love Inglorious Trexperts, the hit Star Trek podcast for Star Trek fans with a life. Join Darren Doctorman and me every week as we take you inside 50 years of Star Trek and boldly go where no podcast has gone before. Available every Sunday at seventeen oh one hundred hours wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and if you're a fan of Star Trek, check out my new sci-fi TV series, Pandora, debuting on The CW and around the world on July 9th, starring Priscilla Quintana and Oliver Dench, and you can find out more by downloading the Unboxing Pandora podcast, available weekly wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: The 4.30 movie may be on hiatus, but we hope you'll join us at San Diego Comic-Con for a live recording of 1989 Week as your favorite 430 Movie hosts curate a fantasy theme week of 1989's greatest films.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. I'm here with my 430 Movie co-hosts, Darren Dockterman and Ashley Miller. Hi. How And we're doing a special encore presentation of Time Travel Week. You could also say that we're actually
2: sending you back in time to listen to this again. Or you are listening to us in the past from the future. That's right. true. We're actually about to record it for the first time. That's and we're right. going to send it into the past. I hope it'll be good. <laughs> Thrilled to the sound of me sending my time-traveling self back in time to a completely different podcast uh, to uh, correct a terrible mistake in the And time the good line. thing is that no one has come from the future to stop us. So that's what we're doing. No.
1: But we are going to stop Thanos from
2: using the Infinity Gauntlet to... Uh, that's right, and we can't be bargained with. We can't be reasoned with. I don't, don't know. I can be bargained with. I well, don't know about you. Mark <laughs> definitely doesn't feel pity, remorse, or fear. That's, well, that's true. This is true. <laughs> but I, I do love time travel movies,
1: and I think that came across in this week where we had some really great time travel films. Indeed. And it's 30 years since Back to the Future Part Two. Will it make the cut? Well, if you've heard this episode, you'll know. You but if you know. haven't, it's all new to you. <laughs> so uh, it's it's pretty pretty great. So if you could time travel to any point in history, what would it be, Darren? I would uh, uh travel
0: to the point where we start making four thirty movie episodes again.
1: Oh <laughs> wow. Listen to him. That's so sweet. He wants to get back in the studio and record all new episodes.
2: You know, I'm I'm with him. And in fact, in I'm the with future, you too. I'm I'm with him again.
1: <laughs> I, I got to tell you, I, I went far into the future, and season twelve is really good of the four thirty movie. Right. Yes. Yeah. See season eleven, we were a little off. Right. Like, what I like 12, we season great.
2: twelve, like that that week that um, we picked uh, that movie that uh, Caden and Isaac made together. I yes, think yes, is yes, that
1: crazy. was a good one. Yeah.
2: I that found was... it interesting that you had picked the remake of Empire Strikes Back yet again. Right.
1: Well, it was a love story. Well, well, I was hoping to do another seven days of 007, but they've only made one James Bond movie in the last 25 years. <laughs> right. So um, I, 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 we weren't able to do it. Um, but uh, Boy, have we found out some really interesting things in the future. You Spoiler should see alert. what happens with Star Trek. There I don't
2: had at least it. 11 shows released in 2021, first of all.
1: Right. And then only one the next year for some
0: reason. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. I can't wait to hear these 430 movies coming up this summer. And in summers to come, right?
0: And many past, such th- journeys are
1: possible. We, we, you know, should change the show to "Grumpy Old Men" because by the time we get to season fifty-two, man, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think we need to call it that. I think they know. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. Uh, I hope you'll enjoy this very special uh, encore presentation of Time Travel Week, and we'll all be back with Steve Melching later this summer with all new episodes. We'll see you. I don't have an outro. We'll see you at 4.30. It's like your
2: high, mom's house.
1: high noon, but high 4.30. That's high noon. You, don't you remember high noon? I yeah. do, but I, I did Western. not recognize that you sung it so badly.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. We're leaving now. We'll see you soon. I'm going to kill Darren Dockerman. <laughs> no! <laughs> Back in the
0: 70s and 80s, before the advent of VHS, chances are, if you saw a classic movie, it was on the 430 movie. With their famous theme weeks, it was a chance to see movies you never saw before and get reacquainted with some old classics. So, join us now for the 430 movie.
1: Hey, this is Mark A. Altman, and get ready to get reacquainted with some old classics. Uh, It's
3: (laughs) (laughs) time travel
1: week. Time travel I'm here with my fellow time travelers. Uh, who have spent some time in the future where we're going to spend the rest of our lives. Uh, It is none other than Darren Docterman. Hello, Mark.
2: I'll see you in the future. (laughs) Ashley E. Miller. Uh, I have to tell you that this podcast turned out so great. (laughs) (laughs) And
1: this may not mean much to you if you're only listening at home or in the car, but we also have Steve Marty
3: McFly Melching (laughs) here. I'm sorry, I'm wearing a uh, fashion that's a few years out of date. It is 2018 now, but uh, you back, know, in, 2015, my, back you in 2015, you were pretty cool I when was laser discs edge. were still huge. <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: guys, uh, this is this is gonna be a fun one. Um, it's time travel week here on the 4:30 movie, and this, of course, is where we curate fantasy theme weeks of movies uh, in which uh, pay homage to the classic 4:30 movie of our youth, uh, based on themes, and uh, we'll be looking at movies in which. There's time travel involved. It's pretty self-explanatory. Well, you know, it's-
0: technically every movie is a time travel movie.
1: They most of them move
0: forward in time, one second at a time. 24 frames a second. Oh, 24 frames a second. I was going to
3: say, second. this is our first podcast that's fully interactive because we are all moving into the future. That's right. Simultaneously. And I have
1: to say, we just entered uh, 2019. It's the beginning of 2019. And here we are uh, recording our first uh, you know, fr- first podcast. Uh, and I thought we had a great year last year uh, with some fabulous episodes. We're and- speaking to you from the
2: past.
3: <laughs> 2018. We're assuming we survived until 2019. Yeah, well, I did. <laughs> I, I, did. <laughs> uh, I have some news for two of you. But. <laughs> oh no! <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh man, you gotta
1: watch out and, and look both ways before you see that truck. Um, okay, well, uh, time travel. If you could go to any era, if you could time travel, where would you go? Oh boy, Darren, <laughs>
3: past, present, or future? Yeah,
0: you know, I would probably say uh, I would want to visit the past, just because it it would be very interesting to me. Mm. Um, Any specific era? I I'd like to I'd like to visit the nineteen forties. Mm. Preferably not the uh uh a uh, uh, German front. The, <laughs> that that wouldn't be my first uh, first choice. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I I don't know because I really enjoy living in today, honestly.
3: But there is something fascinating about wanting to see what it was really like in other times. In other times, absolutely, absolutely. And I, it's funny, you mentioned the 40s. I, uh, years ago, I asked my grandmother you know, if she missed living in the 40s, and she's like, oh, God, no. It's yeah. so much nicer now <laughs> right. with air conditioning. <laughs> but I think one of the things about
0: movies that we love is because it can take you to any time. It's like any a time place. machine.
1: It is. It's like Don Draper describing the slide projector. That's right. The Kodachrome. Well, I it's would, like a time machine.
3: I, I would love to see a dinosaur. I want to know what dinosaurs really looked and sounded like. I think you'll know really for know. a couple of minutes,
0: and then, then you'll, yeah. be you'll, sorry you'll know you what found the out. inside of a dinosaur like. Oh, my God, is like. It's Chaka.
3: <laughs> 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 but, you know, I'd be afraid to step on a butterfly, and suddenly we're all Nazis or... You know, more <laughs> Nazis than we are. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe
1: you could remake uh, Peter Himes' "The Sound of Thunder" and make it good. So, uh, what about you, Ashley?
2: You know, here's the thing. Am I <laughs> going to go? I'm going to go with my blink response. When you first asked me that question, what was the first thought that popped into my head? And here it is. And I'm not sorry. I want to travel to the 25th century. Because just like Buck because Rogers. <laughs> exactly like Buck Rogers. Aaron just Gray because- was super yes! hot in <laughs> that of Aaron Gray. <laughs> Will McDearing. that show came out. I had like pneumonia and like tuberculosis and bronchitis. Oh, not maybe not tuberculosis, but I had like pneumonia and bronchitis and all that. I was dying, man. I like had a fever of like a and And that show, Will Deering saw me through it. And um, I've never forgotten it. And you know, you uh, I want to go to the future and you meet her. You could just her. go
0: back to the 80s and meet her. Oh, shit. Good she's, point. <laughs> she's there. You
2: know what? You're yeah. right. You can go to Bloomingdale. The <laughs> she's
3: there at Bloomingdale. <laughs> the
2: 80s weren't bad. It wasn't like, because look, at some point you're going so far back in time that people have awful teeth and no medicine. <laughs> yeah. Right? And screw that. But in the 80s, teeth are good and there's medicine. And music is cool, depending on who you talk to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. Wow.
1: Those are all interesting what about you, Mark? choices.
2: Wow. Let's turn that that, yeah. that yeah. fixed <laughs>
0: eye on you. Yeah. Yeah, man.
2: Wow. You had, you had to ask. Um, <laughs> well, no, not really, but he did anyway. I, I think um, you may ask. Uh,
1: I, um, I think the future. I mean, I'm 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 totally a history buff, and I'm really interested in the past. But I, I just I want to know: is that what Star happened? Trek future ahead of us, or? is it uh something more dire you know uh i don't know i i, I think the future um probably the future tw- 23rd century <laughs>
0: you know but my my uh my desire to visit the past is mostly because i want to see how much how many things we have wrong
1: about how the past was right Mm.
2: Sort of idiocracy in reverse. You know, look,
1: and on the other hand, that's the movie version, the TV version, which is more character-based. You know, I'd (laughs) want to go back to the past to see relatives who passed away. Absolutely. You know, so that would be... That would re- that more than any- that would trump everything. You know, yep. I would much rather see my father again. Yep. You know, than 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 you know, uh, go to the future and see people. I have no idea who they right. are. But, than and, see and people
0: you, prob- you probably wouldn't like. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I know probably we're talking not. about I don't movies. Not like many people.
3: Uh, and yeah, obviously, it's a movie podcast. But there's an interesting Is book it? called uh, Doomsday Book, written by Connie Willis. I don't know if anyone's familiar with that, but it's um, about a group of university researchers in Oxford, I believe, and they have a time machine, and they send the researchers back in time for a period of a couple of weeks at a time to study what the sort of medieval times were actually like, mm-hmm. and, the, and the story of the book is um, this student gets trapped, stranded back there. Well, that, that's the
0: back. Michael Crichton book, Timeline. He ripped it off from Connie Willis. Uh, good to know. Well, well yeah.
1: look, I can tell well, you something. Well, he went back in time and, and <laughs> yes. wrote it first. Exactly. When we were kids at 4.30, we weren't reading books we were watching movies That's right. yes we were on tv on tv on
2: tv <laughs> with commercials yes
1: we were and uh, so it's only fitting to uh, uh, usher in uh, time travel week by looking at you Steve Melching monday
3: well for me you know I, there's no better way for, for my money to kick off time travel week with just one of the ultimate crowd-pleasing time travel movies of all time, uh, Back to the Future. Shocker. The guy Shocker. is literally
1: dressed like Marty McFly. <laughs> another... yeah.
3: <laughs> this movie, you know, I don't know how anyone can't enjoy this movie. It's one of those rare Hollywood entertainments that is just kind of perfect. It just fires on every cylinder. It's got a really tight script. Maybe almost too tight. It's like everything is a setup or a payoff it's like or a, a callback. Clockwork. It it really is like clockwork. Uh, it's got a wonderful cast. I'm really glad that uh, Eric Stoltz didn't work out and they uh, hired uh, Michael J. Fox because he's just perfect in the role of Marty. And you know Christopher Lloyd is Doc Brown and mm-hmm. you know Leah Thompson, uh, Crispin Glover. Uh, it's it's just a really wonderful film that is so elegantly put together. The way they explain the rules and the internal logic of time travel, so that you understand everything how it works and how. Just it-
1: looking at that picture is the characters disappear and you, you, you yeah a physical there's a visual yeah, yeah it's no. not
3: only in dialogue but it's visual it's like 88 miles per hour you see that 88 on the you know you know what that means and and you know what yeah the 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 picture disappearing and
1: uh we know libyans are bad
3: right right yeah the, the clock tower flyer that he's handed that tells him when lightning is going to strike and you see the, the clock tower and that becomes this you know geographical and visual uh, it's the thing that's going to well,
0: it's its a textbook uh, representation of setup and payoff yes um, everything that works in the movie is because it's carefully laid out
3: right and
0: everything everything uh, you know links together and works as a story and as a cause and effect or effect and cause uh, and it it all works so well because um, Bob Zemeckis and Bob Gale uh, really took great pains to map it out and make sure that it worked.
3: Yeah, and and, and you know whether and it, it's big things, it's also small things like mm. lines of dialogue right. that are repeated by characters or, or variations, uh, or uh, um, uh, uh, it's like poetry at rhyme, <laughs> <laughs> or you know just subtle things like the Twin Pines Mall, right, right. and then Marty runs over one of the pines, it's back a and it's a complete throwaway pine. joke.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's
3: completely. You might not it even notice completely it. On. works with. I the, never did. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed. Thank you for bringing that to my attention. I always <laughs> learn something <laughs> new
1: on the show. That's why I come back.
3: Um, it's got a great score by yep. Alan Silvestri. It's got great use of uh, pop music in it. Um, Huey Lewis, yeah, yeah, and Huey Lewis. I loved. You know, I loved Huey Lewis at the time, and I, I remember going to see that movie opening weekend uh, with one of my best friends who oddly enough, got hit by a car in a parking lot. At 88 miles per hour. <laughs> Not injured seriously, oh, but oh, bumped man. and bruised a little bit, right. so we had to skip and see a later show, and we ran into our creative writing teacher in the lobby who had seen the show that we were going to see, and, and we told him we'd been hit by a car, and he's like, "That's no, funny, that happens in this movie. <laughs> wow. Um Historical. You know, I, I probably saw that movie five or six times that summer, mm. and, uh, you know, I just... I just adore it. Uh, and, and of course, it spawned uh, two sequels that I'm really fond of the second sequel. Me too. I'm really fond of Back to the Future 2. I
1: am not remotely fond of
2: either sequel. Well, hmm. I can go with you sort of on Back to the Future 3, which I thought was sort of overpraised, but I, I thought that... Um, I agree with Steve. I, I thought that Back to the Future 2 was, was wildly, wildly undervalued, and it was just... I appreciated that it went in its own direction. I kind of I loved kind of the dark tone of it. Um I know I just I thought it was just a very funny um even send-up of itself. Uh and you know just the I mean the future is just fun. It's like the the well, the versions of the future that are just fun. You know 2015 when he first arrives and it just it's it's kind of awesome.
1: I appreciate the Brandon Bragg of it all. I think I mean I admire it in terms of you know, how the way it interacted with the first movie, and you know, it's it's almost too cool for school. It, you know, it's very clever, but I don't particularly like it. I don't find it very satisfying. The third one, you know, I like westerns, so I mean, it's fine. It's not a great movie. The but, third one isn't a western, but it's a, it has
0: western trappings. Yeah, you know, but yeah, just, but
1: but I mean, the first movie is just as close as you can get to a perfect popcorn movie. Absolutely. You know, it's not in my like top ten greatest movies of all time, but it's a pretty perfect movie in you know in terms of everything that
2: Steve discussed. But I, I love the sort of the the going back like and um and really kind of doing like Rosencrantz and Gildenstern are dead.
3: Mm-hmm. I, I was I had a smile on my face in Back to the Future 2 when when I realized what they were doing and they're like they're in the future and then they went back to this dystopian past because it had been changed right. and like this nightmare nineteen eighty five and then Doc Brown once again using those great simple Maybe too simple, but literally drawing maps on chalkboards right, so you understand right. what's happening. And when I realized they have to go back, go back to, to 19- the first movie, yeah, I thought I just loved that. I thought that was one of the most amazing things I'd ever seen. And you know, there's some goofy stuff in it. You know, some of the characters are maybe a little broader than they, especially Biff Tannen is like well, a he, homicidal maniac. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did <talking>. foreshadow <laughs> Trump, so. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, in in 1985, uh, Back to the Future came out about three months before I left Illinois to come to California to go to USC. And at USC, we had a class that I signed up for, which was called um, Art and Industry of the Motion Picture. And every semester, they would have a different, new released film that the instructor would bring in members of the crew from this film. And that semester was Back to the Future. And every week we had a different representative from that worked on the film, and we had Alan Silvestri, we had Bob Gale, we had uh, uh, Kevin Pike, who who did the uh, floor effects, and and um, a whole bunch of other people uh, who worked on the film. And it was fascinating to get this first look at uh, you know what actually went into uh, doing the film. And it's funny uh, when Alan Silvestri was in. They screened the uh, uh, the sequence where Marty goes goes back near the end the, during the uh, lightning storm, and they had turned off the sound. And as it happens, uh, a friend of mine, Van Ling, and I were in the class, and we were sitting there, and we were humming the music along uh-huh. with the movie, and um, because we'd seen it, right. you know, like yeah, six yeah. or seven times already. Yeah. And the lights came up and, and Alan Silvestri goes, you guys, you guys were singing the music. You, you, how, how did you know where the music went? Said, well, we just seen it. And, and from that moment on, Van and I became fast friends and uh, he's the reason that I'm in the movie industry these days, so. It's no, uh, it's hilarious, but I mean, it's, it's just so clever and so funny. I mean, you look great, at
1: the, great movie. Where they, you know, you talk about setups and payoffs. The whole thing where he sees the, the uncle, you know, in the crib, and he says, "Get used to those bars, <laughs> <Jail-burn> kid." <Joey. laughs>
3: uh, and, and you know, circling back quickly to Back to the Future, too. I think that was the first movie set i ever visited uh, a friend of mine film school brian singer was working on the universal lot when that film was being shot under the code name paradox mm-hmm. and i went and visited him me and a couple friends went and visited him in the editing his editing room and uh, we just one night just walked around the universal back lot mm-hmm. and uh, we knew that paradox is back to the future too but we didn't know anything about it so we walked on into courthouse square when it was all art directed like future hill valley and and we our minds were just blown like seeing the future Hill Valley, you mm-hmm. know, with the courthouse with that glass front on it and the lake of water in front of it. Like, what is happening here?
1: And also, probably, not probably, it is, the greatest backlot in all of Hollywood yeah. is Universal. Yeah. I mean, I envy that experience. I've had that experience on other lots. I've never had it on Universal. And to just be able to walk around at night you know, when a lot of the stages are closed down and to, to you feel the ghosts of Hollywood past. He yeah, had a good five or it's... ten minutes
3: on that set before a security guard found us oh, and uh-huh. chased us. <laughs> it. oh, really? I, I yeah. also got to one of my first jobs out of film school as a, a, a runner, and uh, had to, I had to run some material. Run runner. <laughs> run over to the Universal back lot and uh, ended up driving down that same street that Marty drives down to get up to 88 and, you know, I'm in the car humming the music yeah, like Darren the, driving the towards the tram. This. Get out your
1: Koda, Kodak
3: cameras. <laughs> take
1: a Koda. picture. You you might be seeing something really interesting happening in just a moment. Don't be surprised <laughs> when something pops out and scares you. <laughs> was Cattle Queen of Montana playing at the theater? <laughs> no, I mean, look, Back to the Future is great and, and I think it was just my expectations at the end of the movie you know, it's where we're going. We don't need roads. And it, it felt, it had the mm. promise of something really exciting and upbeat. And I think the cynicism and darkness of, of the second movie didn't appeal to me. Right. Again, I, I respect what they did because I think it's a very smart movie. I just don't personally mm-hmm. dig it that much. Um,
3: I, that. I kind of feel that way about the third one. I like it, but I don't yeah. love it as much as the other two. And but... it's
1: funny because, I, it, sorry, you know, I was just going to say, I'm I'm really surprised, you know, I know Spielberg and Zemeckis have been really against rebooting it or something, but given the device of the DeLorean, it does feel like that is something that would lend itself to sequels or to a franchise or plus you, know. you
2: could go back to nineteen eighty five and it would be You know, you know what?
0: Yeah. I, I've I've been thinking about that for quite some time and I think there must be some way to use the footage that they shot with Eric Stoltz mm. as an alternate Marty McFly. <sighs> You know, wow. and have Eric Stoltz in the new movie.
1: Oh, that's funny.
0: Well, and, and something something happens that sort of splits off the you know the timeline again. Hmm. That Marty is a completely Marty. different person. Uh, and officer, this timeline, you're officer, officer.
2: can we set up a pitch meeting uh, <laughs> with Bob Zemeckis on line one, please? Eric Stoltz did do a movie with Lee Thompson. That's some correct. kind of wonderful, which I love. oh him. yes, yeah. um, yes, that's good. The uh, here's uh, my thing with three is. It didn't really have anything to say. It yeah. just—it felt like a sequel. It felt you like know. a thing that sort of here's the premise, and we're going to go back and the stuff that yeah. you saw contractual before you obligation. Going to um, whereas with two, I mean, and I totally get. I, mean, I remember uh, many people felt that way that like the 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 change in tone was was off putting to people. But I think at least Back to the Future Two had something to say about the premise um that you can feel um you know the minds behind it being fully engaged with the premise and kind of seeing like where that premise can go which i which i always a- appreciate um and i would think there is actually a lot more stuff to mine i'd love to see. It, and obviously you know nobody's there have been very few times that if somebody said hey ashley what do you think about a remake of Blah blah blah, and I haven't got okay, sure, write the check, but <laughs> mm-hmm. blah blah blah, part two, <laughs> part two, electric boogaloo. Uh, but Back to the Future, I think, is one of those movies that you could actually like remake and just completely um, kind of recontextualize with the, as as a contemporary film mm-hmm. and change almost nothing else, and it would work as long as you were consistent with the time period as long as you were consistent with your presentation of the 80s and how somebody remembers the 80s and kind of what that means to now it's because really what back to the future is about it's a generational film yeah right it's um, it's about what would it be like to know your parents when they were your age that's right and like and what was their what was, where does their point of view come from? Mm-hmm. It's it's really a movie about developing that that empathy and that sort yeah. of generational understanding, which I think is fascinating, and I think it really work great.
1: Today. See, I'd like to know what Einstein was doing the whole time they were back in the 50s, because they sort of just left him there. You mean the dog? Yeah, the dog, Yeah, okay. Einstein, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: Not like, I know.
0: <laughs> you know what Einstein <laughs> was doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, look, and I mean, I think also maybe the reason people don't like the third one is, you know, it's really more Doc Brown's story than Marty, you know? Right. And um Maybe that's not as appealing as sort of the Marty of it all. And plus, the the way
0: Doc Brown acts in the third doesn't really make any sense compared to how he was behaving
2: before. Right. Um, It would be like having a Batman movie where Robin is the hero.
0: Well,
2: I'm sure that's coming. (laughs) It's called Teen Titans. (laughs) Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> but no, you I, I, I get the analogy, and I, I, think it's, I think it's true. I mean, um, but, uh, but okay, uh, enough about Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> An obvious pick, <laughs> but uh, a, a fun no, way to uh, kick obviously off. Obviously, well deserved, and I think we would be har- horribly remiss if we had not yeah. included it in our list because it, in a way, it is the definitive time travel movie, um, and the most beloved, I would yeah. say, as well. Uh, Darren Dockerman, Tuesday. Tuesday. Uh, back to the Future 2. No. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um,
0: I'm going to have to go back in time to 1960 for a film that actually did appear on the 430 movie, George Powell's The Time Machine. Oh, great choice. I'm glad you picked that. Um, not the remake? Not the remake, please. <laughs> to For goodness sakes, not the remake. Mm. Um, uh, it's It's a wonderful sort of uh look at the book but it's not the book it's uh rod taylor plays the scientist uh george and he i mean he's basically playing uh the the author right uh hg wells and he has invented a time machine, and he has his friends over for uh, New Year's Eve in, at the turn of the century in 1899. And he shows them this uh, little model of this device that he's built, and then he says goodbye, and he goes forward in time uh, to the year 802,000, I believe. And you know he's, we, he sees the he sees the future and how uh, mankind has split into two factions. One uh, living above ground, the Eloi, which are very uh, mild-mannered, uh, dainty beings who uh, apparently live carefree and happy and uh, um, and uh, you know very sweet and uh, and childlike people. But the flip side of that is that below ground lives the animal-like Morlocks who live in darkness and operate all the machines that keep the Eloys' life uh, wonderful. Of course, we learn that the Eloy are being bred as cattle for the Morlocks. And uh, it's very scary. I mean, it's it's uh, uh, part of the magic of it is that the time machine itself is beautifully designed. And... Uh, uh, people like wa uh, Chang and uh, uh, oh my mind just went blank for the uh, the effects uh, people who uh, uh, did it but um, it, it's 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 marvelous and the 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 process of seeing the time machine go back in time—it's a little goofy, but it's fun. It involves, you know, stop motion of the uh, shop across the across the street uh, changing with each year, and uh, it's it's a fun movie. It has an amazing score uh, that uh, is extremely memorable, and it feels a little dated, but not a lot. And I think most of that is due to, uh, you know, that sort of style of movie making. It's very formal, and it's not, uh, it's not uh, extremely flashy. It's very straightforward, but it's a lot of fun.
1: I assume you've been to Bob Burns and sat in the Time Machine.
0: I have never sat in it because I, I, I want to, you know, I, I want to make sure that it is untouched. Because, mm. uh, I, I, you know, it's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful it's,
1: it's, stunning. it's such a great you know look this is to us we've talked about this before the kind of movies we would see on the 430 movie that gave us the exposure to movies we might not have seen otherwise exactly. that I feel a whole generation of film lovers now are missing out on it's so great that you you called attention to something like The Time Machine because it's it, it such one of those seminal sci-fi movies like along with Forbidden Planet mm-hmm. War of the Worlds and without the 430 movie we would have never been able to see it absolutely absolutely and uh, it's it's you know, it's one of H.G. Wells's great stories, mm-hmm. um, and it's really a great adaptation. And Yvette Mamou, who later went on to fame in the Black Hole, <laughs> uh, is, 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 is who went on
0: to lose her fame in the d- Black Hole, delightful, delightful
1: in it. Really, uh, really, and just a beautiful design, um, as you mentioned, uh, production design, art direction,
0: and it's got that. It's you know. Uh, uh, Alan Young who plays his uh, best friend Mr. Philby um gives a a sweet performance a, a very bad scottish accent but it's uh, it's very sweet and the you know the 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 whole cast is is fun to watch
1: yeah no it's and and of course one of the great time travel books makes one of the great time travel movies and they've tried to remake it
0: a, uh, a few times, uh-huh. and I think they're yeah. trying to do it again. They are, yeah. and it's just stop,
1: just stop. <laughs> it's tough. I know a lot of people like the remake. A lot of people like the remake. Ooh. I
2: haven't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I saw that remake, and like I wanted to throw things at the screen. Man, I thought it was. I mean, it was like it was the one that um like H. G. Wells. Like, son, Simon son, Willes, Simon his, Wells Grant his yeah yeah, grandson grandson yeah well, he, directed he cocked it. it up
0: such a british expression but, uh, but incidentally simon wells did some design work on back to the future did huh. he really two actually hmm. yeah
2: well god bless him so it's
0: just there fault. you go it's yeah. well you know <laughs> no, I'm I, I think I'm kidding, I'm i kidding. think there are a lot of factors that made the remake uh uh unpleasant yeah yeah yeah
1: okay so on tuesday the time machine wednesday ashley all right. And you've warned us to expect something unexpected, <laughs> which Man. is only appropriate and apropos
2: for Time Travel Week. So here's the deal. Originally, when we did this podcast, I presented a, a movie that was just incredibly out of the box, and it was a movie that I love, and the podcast was great. But then you're some gonna, things happened, and I had to travel back movie. and... Um, and fix now your mistake? To, to change my mind and, and fix my mistake. Oh, my God. Uh, so here's the movie um, that I'm going to pick. It's, Wait, is right.
3: that a second Ashley Miller in the back of the studio? What is he doing it, back it there? It might be.
2: There I am <laughs> watching us. Plotting what? like the third go around. Uh, that...
1: Ashley, if you say Star Trek for
2: The Voyage Home, you're out of here. I'm not going to say Star Trek for okay. The Voyage Thank Home. Thank God. Or you're out of here. <laughs> uh, okay, here's
0: the deal. Right, go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 uh.
2: All right. So, look, man, I am ten years old, uh, and for the first time, I discover HBO. And my grandmother has it. I don't know why she has it. And it we was don't, a very delicate does. time. It was a very mm-hmm. delicate time. Um, that was when HBO, as we've discussed, stood for hey, Beast Masters on. But there was <laughs> uh, there was another movie that played constantly. Looker. It played yes. Loved Looker. Uh, it played constantly, <laughs> over and over again, it played time after time. Oh, oh, yes. Nice. Good choice. One of my favorite movies. I watched that movie like Costner watches the Zapruder film in, in JFK. <laughs> <laughs> it just, oh, look, it's H.G. Wells. He's going back into the left. Um,
1: so the premise of this movie is- By the way, great uh, companion piece with his choice of Time yeah. Machine. Go ahead. And, and
2: honestly, that's what mm-hmm. made me decide. You know what? Screw it. I'm not going to do the thing I was going to do. Let's talk about this. Um, because I'm the gratified. hero of this movie is is yeah. H. G. Wells. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, H. G. Wells himself, who it turns out in this film, directed by Nicholas Meyer from Star mm-hmm. Trek fame. Um, he uh, obviously directed Star Trek Two and Star Trek Six, and he was one of the screenwriters on a movie that I will not name because I will be kicked out. Right. Okay. But so if you like that movie. You'll enjoy parts of time Star- after yes, time you as will. <laughs> well. Very much so. So H. G. Wells, it turns out, actually invents a time machine. He has his friends over for dinner. He wants to show off his invention. Um, he shows he you know, one of the people he shows it off to is uh is David Warner, who also like they both later become Star Trek villains. Um one is good. Uh <laughs> or Star Trek Star Trek characters. Warner never played a villain on Star Trek. Um anyway, so David Warner, as it turns out, is playing Jack the Ripper. And when the police, when the Bobbies show up to arrest (laughs) Jack the Ripper, he scampers down to the basement, he fires up the time machine, and he disappears. But the time machine comes back. Because there isn't the key that H.G. Wells holds. Wells realizes that uh, he can't unleash this monster on the perfect utopian future that he imagines. So he gets (laughs) in the time machine and he follows him. He follows him to the year 1979. And the movie is this pursuit. H.G. Wells um, applying like all of these things that he's learned from uh, that he loves from you know reading um, uh, Sherlock Holmes adventures mm-hmm. uh, to track down Jack the Ripper. He meets Mary Steenburton, who is awesome. would
1: later go on to fame in Back to the Future Three, <laughs> right?
2: Um, and it's just this great little cat and mouse. And there's this amazing scene where he finally catches up to David Warner. Mm-hmm. He, ca- he catches up to Jack the Ripper, you know, and he says this line that just it just sits with me, it, it's, and he says, you know, in you know, 1893, you know, I was a freak, I was a monster, but here, I'm an amateur. And <laughs> yeah, it's just- Such a great line. So chilling. And the scene where he thinks that, um, that his love has been just torn apart right. by it's just, you just look at that. My God, as a child, like, watching that scene, they are just body parts, just pieces of body everywhere, and it's awful. And uh, and Malcolm McDowell is so great in this film. It yep. has a perfect ending. Um, it's just I love it. And as as Darren said, um, there's certainly the the DNA of this movie is is very much in um, Star Trek the fourth movie about. Oh, he ripped off. The, he home. he admits it. <laughs> yes. He took
1: a bunch of the same tricks. but he had so little time when Harv approached him. They were so far down the road that uh, Hart Bennett, um, you know, he, he's like, I need you, I, I don't have time to write this, so I'm going to write the bookends in the 23rd century, and I need you to write, you in know, San the time in San Francisco. He said, I've done that already. Yeah. And, and and it was really easy for him. He wanted to change it to France because he'd done San Francisco already, <laughs> but it, it didn't work. And he we said, are where are you going to find the whales? <laughs> you know, Nick Meyer says, where are you going to find the whales? In the Seine, you know, it's like, so they left it in San Francisco, but then Nick Meyer, I recycled, it's sort of like, uh, Spielberg taking that joke from 1941, right. which he did, eh, and then doing it great with the coat hanger and, and Raiders, right. um, and 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 Nick Meyer does the same thing. He lifts a bunch of stuff from time after time and uses it. Because not a lot of people saw that movie in Star Trek IV,
2: and so so great. It's really dun, dun, just dun, dun, a successful dun, dun, movie, and it's it's a great. Um, Sort of mystery thriller. It's a it's a great um, piece of science fiction, um, and I just love the audacity of uh, Wells is the hero. There's well, something about that. And Malcolm
1: McDowell is the hero. We so rarely see Malcolm McDowell playing a likable. Right. He'd come off of Caligula for yeah. Caligula, Clockwork Orange. He would go on, you know, to play villains in many other movies. And um, so it was so great that David Warner, who was maybe the great villain of, of the 80s. You know? mm-hmm. It was 79 when the movie came, but he became like associated with all these great villains. But to have Malcolm McDowell then as the hero, as H.G. Wells, it's such a great movie. Yeah. And it didn't do a lot of business at the time, but it's really become, I think, among aficionados, a really beloved movie. And I know mm-hmm. y- y- you know Nick Meyer, who's been asked about Star Trek IV and Star Trek II, is sort of ad nauseum, when you ask him about time after time, he just lights up. Mm-hmm. And in fact, um, a couple of years ago, Sid just wanted to show time after time uh, the film festival, the great genre film festival in Spain. I said to them, you really should get Nick Meyer because he loves that movie. I know he'd love to talk about it. And I hooked them up. And uh, they brought Nick Meyer to Sigis to talk about time after time. And he was so excited to go. And um, the um, you know they were so excited to have him. It's just a great, great movie. And Warner Archives, it's available on Blu-ray through Warner Archives uh, with a Nick Meyer commentary. and
2: um, That's awesome. I highly recommended, that. definitely. So I would, I mean, look. If there was any movie that I could sit and talk to Nick Meyer about, it probably would be Time After Time, just because. And look, it also. Why not call him up? I'm sure he'd be more than right? happy. <laughs> it, it plugs into some of his other obsessions. Obviously, like he's a man who loves Sherlock Holmes. My yes. God, it's like there it is in Star yep. Trek VI. Um, and so you can you can feel him sort of like pulling all of these influences into this movie, and just and it's just great. It's just it's not a pastiche, but it's like it's a stew
1: here's a here's a free pitch somebody should hire nick meyer to do a sherlock holmes tv series god damn right Mm -hmm. like that would be great
2: telling my agent i would go (laughs) i
1: would i would i would watch that and i think it would be great because you know rather than you know asking nick meyer to do all the stuff he doesn't really like doing have him do something he loves and i think he would do a great great amazing sherlock holmes tv series um So. How many more Sherlock Holmes TV series do we need? All of
2: them. Well, you have
1: all those stuffy British ones. Like, I'd like to see him do, I mean, and, of course, the Sherlock, which is brilliant. But I feel like there's, um, uh, I, th- I think he could do something really interesting, mm-hmm. you know? I agree. Um, Would live- love to see it. And then I guess you have Elementary, which is contemporary, mm-hmm. you know? So, speaking of Elementary, Robert Hewitt-Wolf is coming to Inglorious experts soon mm-hmm. on, uh, uh, um our sister, our sibling podcast. Uh, it's a great Star Trek podcast, hosted by Darren Doctorman and myself. If, I, you, you, haven't, al- if you haven't the already future. heard it, and it's, I don't even yeah. know when it airs, and when this airs, or whatever, but I know we did it! So eventually, <laughs> oh, it's, we did it. it's gonna air, or whatever we call did world. World. somewhere in time. It's gonna stream, <laughs> it's not gonna air. I can promise you it'll never air, but it'll stream. Um, okay, so that was Wednesday, time after time. A fantastic pick that was on my list. You made my job that much easier, <laughs> so thank you. Um, My pick for Thursday...
3: Time Cop. Yeah! Well, I do love Mia Sarah. (laughs) You're that
1: guy from Time Cop. (laughs) You know, Time Cop's a really cool premise. And apparently, I was in a meeting... God, we were talking about, like, you know, for a development meeting with with a studio, and they said, God, everyone's trying to do Time Cop, but I I guess the the, um, Time Cop's tied up in all kinds of issues with... Uh, you know, uh, IP rights. rights issues and stuff. Wow! But people actually claim. But apparently, to own this own time is time. something. Yeah, <laughs> this is something that they, they they've been trying to develop for a while. That people keep pitching Time Cop, and there's wow. all kinds of takes on time. Apparently, it's a it's a hot property. Hot property. Now, if they had Time RoboCop, yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just, it I'd pay, I'd, I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs>
0: so, what is your pick then,
1: Mr. Altwood? What my pick, um. I don't know if the director admits this, but it, clearly a short story that they wrote in the 70s was a huge influence on this movie. Of course, the short story I'm talking about is the Kugel Mass episode written by uh, Woody Allen, which appeared in uh, Side Effects. It's about a uh, Downhill's Luck character, Kugel Mass, who meets a magician and uh, finds a way to go back in time and enter uh, and, and carry on an affair with Madame Bovary. And uh, this this sort of short story... Um, uh, in, in, in at least in my mind, inspired uh, one of his many masterpieces, which is Midnight in Paris, mm-hmm. in which uh, Owen Wilson's character um, is uh, uh, in Paris with his uh, fiancée, uh, who he does not quite see eye to eye with. He's a successful uh, Hollywood screenwriter who has aspirations for um, doing great art um, rather than just collecting a big paycheck. And over the course of his uh, time in Paris, he's transported back in time where he breaks bread with the likes of Ernest Hemingway, played brilliantly by Corey Stahl and uh, the Fitzgeralds, F. Scott and Zelda, and uh, meets all these legendary characters like Picasso. And it's, uh, it is, it uh, is you know, for for these people who say, oh, my God, he does one movie a year. Woody Allen hasn't made a great movie I, in years. It's like... Really? Well, I could give you a list of probably 25 movies that are, you know, complete masterpieces. and Midnight in Paris is only the most recent. Um, and uh, it's a phenomenal movie. Um, there's a great scene where um, uh, the uh, fiancé's father sends a detective to spy on owen wilson to see if he's having an affair and he ends up in marie antoinette's (laughs) court uh and uh off with his head it's 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 just it's so funny and charming but it also deals with something very real which is this sort of the idea and it's very applicable to us nostalgia Mm -hmm. you know that we always look back at the future with uh you know certain fondness that there's you always carry a certain degree of ennui and look back at uh, the, the past, as though, and 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 in Owen Wilson's, he thinks, oh my God, this this era in which all these greats lived. This 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 was really when I wanted to live. And of course, the people who lived then is uh, Marie uh, Couture's character, who like wanted to be Pining around for, a, a, for yet another, for yet another era mm-hmm. um, at the uh, you know turn of the century. And it's just utterly fascinating and and uh, beautifully shot, stunningly oh, yeah. shot, um, uh, brilliantly written and directed by Woody Allen. And uh, you know a wonderful cast, Uh, and it's it's uh, it's a lovely, lovely, lovely film. Funny and charming and sentimental, and it's really wistful. Yeah, wistful, very wistful. And uh, you know, I just you know, it's funny. I I considered Sleeper, but Sleeper is sort of you know this Chaplin-esque farce. You know, where Miles Monroe wakes up in the in the future, and you know this dystopian future, and there's a lot of very. You're uh, mentioning other movies. No, no, again. no. I'm just, saying, <laughs> I'm just saying. But but I really, you know, sleeper sleeper to me yeah, is is a ha ha movie. But there's not much more to it. Midnight in Paris has works on so many levels, and um, I I just uh, I, I think it's a great time travel movie. It has something to say about the different areas oh, that it visits, which which I think is it's very meaningful in that respect. You and asked I, before what time period I would
0: like to visit, and I think I know now. I wanna Visit sometime in the future when you actually run
1: out of Woody Allen movies to use. Well, <laughs> you know it's going to be a, a, a long time because, of course, you know he's had such um, uh, 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 you know such, such such an amazing career. You know, doing films like Clockwork, and uh, there are just so many so many classics in his oeuvre. So it'll be a while before I run out of uh, Woody Allen <laughs> you know, movies. It,
2: it, I have to admit, I was I was actually when you started. I was super confused. I had no idea where you were going because the first thing in my head is like, I thought Kegels were a whole different thing.
1: And then, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and
3: then I kind of locked into, oh, it's Woody Allen. So you know, it, it's yeah. interesting. This is the second film uh, of this uh, chosen for this week where the people move through time in a car. Right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> no, it's fun. This film. I rewatched this film actually last year uh, before my wife and I went to Paris, um, and we visited some of the locations. You know, in in Paris, the bookstore and, and some of the streets and the, of course, walking along the Seine. And uh, it's it's such a beautiful Paris is so beautifully photographed in this movie. And there are tours that you can take in Paris. Uh, you know, midnight in Paris tours <laughs> because there's. A sufficient fan base, you know, for this film that want to experience the Paris of that movie. Well, he Do you, does, have, a tour,
0: do you have a tour at midnight?
1: Uh, no, I'm sorry. We didn't. <laughs> he, he he does for that city what he did for Manhattan and Manhattan. It's like a love he letter just, to just, It's to the a city. love letter uh, to and and also to Barcelona and uh, oh. Vicky Cristina mm-hmm. Barcelona. But I I I feel like, um, uh,
3: but not with L.A. and Annie Hall. You know, and
1: I had that kind of experience. No, I I kind of. Uh, um, had that experience when I went to, the first time I was ever in France, it's sort of embarrassing. Uh, Rob Burnett and I had just done Free Enterprise and um, we were invited to uh, a science fiction convention, Star Trek convention in Paris. And it was the most remarkable couple of days, you know, spending our you know time and getting to meet the people in, in France and to see, and I, I'll never forget because... Um, uh, you know, he said, "Oh, he said, oh, you must come to the um, the, the the closing ceremony. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful dinner, very And of course, we've been enjoying the French food. Said, where, where, where where is this wonderful restaurant where we need to come? Planet Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, what?" <laughs> Planet Hollywood <laughs> we're in freaking Paris I <laughs> uh, oh, and I I I, rem- I remember I mean I, we were you know we were out partying we were pretty late and I mean it was like two or three in the morning I finally was calling it a night and Rob of course was like I think You're I'll just so keep tight. walking the street I said well you know we have to be at Planet Hollywood at 10 a.m yeah. or whatever and and mm-hmm. you know sure enough uh uh you know I show up uh, bedraggled but you know Rob comes walking and I said have you slept? No, he's you just, just been walking the streets of Paris all all uh, all night, and uh, it, it really it is is truly a a magical a magical city. I think Midnight in Paris really captured that. I also really love the short story um, that it's it's based on. You know, all those um, great short stories that are. Um, in uh, anthologized in side effects, and you know the the the, the three without Woody feathers, Allen books and without yeah. feathers, and yeah, so it, it's a really fun. My, my favorite of of his short stories is the horror of Mensa, but I really like yeah. uh, Kugelmas um, yeah. uh, episode. It's it's really it's really great. So, um, but Midnight in Paris is we actually
0: is, we actually did the horror of Mensa as a uh, uh, uh,
1: humorous interpretation in high school. Oh, oh that's funny. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, I had an idea where I wanted to adapt Woody's short stories as um anthology film like Mm -hmm. adapt the short the short new Yorker stories and i was trying to option them and it still might one day happen i don't know but uh anyway that's neither here nor there what is important is that we now have friday to program friday Friday, and there's so many movies uh that we haven't talked about so many great i'm sure our audience is throwing up their hands uh, 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 you know, at, at, at uh, or throwing up their lunch. I don't know uh, over some of the you know these choices uh, that we've made, with the exception, probably, um, well, back to I, future. clearly
3: they they want us to be excellent to, to each, each other. other. Uh, and yes, party
2: on, dudes! I love that movie. Do
3: you? Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure yeah. is okay, a yeah. really fun. Very clever time travel movie. Surprisingly clever. Yes, it's goofy, it's broad. Um but, but it has Abraham Lincoln in it. Right. <laughs> it's it's the come most on, the goes I'm, to I'm water
2: Waterloo.
0: Waterloops.
3: Waterloops.
2: Yes. It's I'm,
3: like come on. I'm sure everyone that's listening wow. to this has seen Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, but if you haven't But have you they have seen have Bogus
0: see Journey? Uh eh, you don't need to see Bogus Journey. It has a corn okay. in it though. Except One, a, for Bill Sadler. Wanna Twinkie down. Genghis Khan? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I love Bill and Ted's Excellent adventure. Me too. It's one of my very favorites. Uh, it's uh, just it's so you just enjoy every frame of it. It's just it's just fun. It's just it pure joy. So much, yes,
3: and and that sequence at the police station at the end when they're trying mm-hmm. to break them out, where they play with the conventions of time travel, is so brilliant where they're like how are we going to get in there you don't have the keys like okay when this is over i'm going to go steal the keys and hide them here like oh here they are like, <laughs> you, you, well, know, you better remember to go do that afterwards like but do i have to they're they're already you here. know what
1: movie i love that takes place in a police station and involves time travel determinator
0: oh that's right that is a time travel
2: yes, movie yes it actually and, is and, it's one of the greatest I, time travel movies ever yeah
1: i mean look i think you know we talked about the perfect plotting of back to the future you know, the the Terminator is another brilliantly
2: one hundred percent. That uh, mean like they, mean. the way that Cameron constructed that film, the rules of the time travel were honestly perfect. Uh, because it really absolved him of having to do anything with um, kind of the the paradox of it all, other than than what you represented, and it was just kind of best represented by the uh, the interrogation of Kyle Reese. Right? Dun, 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 dun. When they're asking him, you know, the uh, the the time machine, like how does it work? And he just says, I don't know. I didn't build the fucking thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's perfect. Uh, 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 it's yeah. perfect. Perfect paranoid. Delusion. And what was
1: it four million dollars that Cameron made that for? Lean and mean, as you said. I remember in college I saw it for the first time. I think I cut class to go see it. I saw it in a shithole theater in Boston, and uh, apparently I heard things scurrying around on the floor. And I was so into the movie that I did not leave. I put my feet up on the
2: chair in front of me and watched the rest. Thought it might be an evil robot hand. It was not
1: an evil robot hand. It (laughs) was the little beady red eyes. But uh, and I don't like rats. But um,
3: but a brilliant movie. Did we program it in Apocalypse Week though? No, so I don't remember. We, did. we didn't. We didn't. I mean, my we thing about, about it is we, we did that. Okay. I feel like
2: the Terminator is so great. It's such a classic that it honestly deserves a little better than than Friday.
1: What? Friday's a special no, Friday, day. Friday
2: is a great I day. I
1: I don't think... Fr- you're, you're, you're dead. I think Friday is like the culmination of everything we've discussed. Friday is where we come to an agreement. We're not in one person endorsing streets it. Of fire. All four of us are... are, are, are <laughs> says I the man I who... Love, cloak I love and dagger, cloak fire, and dagger, cloak saying. and dagger. Yeah, I mean, it's not like a bad day. Friday is the day where you don't have to get up early the next day. You can enjoy the 4.30 movie. You're relaxing, you're kicking back.
2: I want you to know, because this is time travel week, I went back in time to when we recorded video game week. Yeah. And I replaced my choice with Super Mario Brothers.
3: Oh, my God. Are we in a dystopian? Wait
2: until you listen to that podcast let now. Me,
0: let me throw out a, a something I, that may or may not be time travel. Groundhog Day. I was just oh, gonna say oh that. You yeah. know,
1: I was thinking about is that time travel or not? I guess I it think it is. is. Totally, yeah, it's yeah. a loop, Absolutely. but it's time travel. It is time. I travel.
2: don't know if Friday's a good enough day for Groundhog Day. <laughs> I don't know. It might not be. Because here's the thing. Because we these these some of these look. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I, I'm often wrong. They call me often wrong Miller. Is what <laughs> they <laughs> call me. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like I, I I guess it's just because I love the Terminator so much that I feel like I could talk about it. For an entire podcast, that's all. That's well, why don't thinking. you go do that? Maybe I will.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know what? It's, it's time travel week, not killer robots week. You know, and right. and uh, and he's a cyborg, right? So, mm-hmm. um, look, cybernetic organism. I, I, I yeah, uh, yeah.
2: You know, look, I'd love
1: to talk about sitting on the edge of forever, but it, you know what? We can't. Not so, a movie. Not <laughs> a movie. <laughs> so you know, I look. Terminator is great. I think it would be a great day for Friday. But there are also Star some Trek other 4. movies. I, you know what? I, 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 not no, I that I it's believe- as good as the Terminator. But it's a great premise that's not executed particularly well. The final countdown. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know. I
2: love the final it's the countdown. Final countdown <laughs> which they set not the matter of falls apart. And it's like, and look. It's so
1: this goes nowhere.
2: Just yeah. as we're about to have the movie okay. that we signed up Most for. Most people yeah. don't know what the
1: hell we're talking about. So somebody explain the premise of the final countdown.
2: The USS Nimitz. Uh, encounters a storm on the open seas. That storm uh, transports them back in time to just before the attack on Pearl Harbor. Um, they pick up like the uh, the Japanese attack coming in um, and they scramble F-14s to go and shoot them down. But just as they do, the storm appears again and they have to go back to the But at least future. there's one scene where the Japanese Zeros fight you know, American, uh, at
1: then, at the time, <laughs> right. modern, Honestly. contemporary American military fighters, you know, fight Japanese Zeros, which is awesome. <laughs> so, of course, you're building up the third act where you think, oh, my God, it's good. they're going to fight the entire, you know, the, the, the whole, you know, Hirohito's you know invasion of, of Hawaii is going to be foiled by the Chester Nimitz, but in this case, the, the USS Chester Nimitz, <laughs> right. you know, and it's going to be the greatest thing ever, and Kirk Douglas is the captain. It's like, oh, my God, and then the storm comes, and, and then the movies the, over the movie's over. And it's like, but, what the, and f- the
2: fix, by <laughs> the way, I think and this is this one is free. I've been thinking about this for decades. So the the fix to this movie was very clear and obvious. All you have to do is figure out that, you know, you you do the math on um it's yesterday's enterprise, right? Yes, it's, yeah. it's like it, yeah, it's terrible, but if it doesn't happen then the following things don't happen which right. are even yeah. worse. Right. So you scramble your F14s, then you get America doesn't call get to come into come the back, war. You send and out yeah, more yeah, F14s yeah. to stop the F14s yeah. that you've sent. You they, have like they they destroy thing. the zeros yeah. and then
0: they discover when they get back to the sh- to the uh, boat. Yeah. Oh, it's what a Japanese boat. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah, 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 that's
2: the Rod Serling ending, which is awesome. No, no. See, look, you, you guys have fixed the movie already. Like Uh in twelve seconds. I mean, all they needed. We need to go back in time, and have a meeting. Okay, here's here's the third act. Then (laughs) the the guys in the in the fighter
0: jets, they they go back to the to the aircraft carrier. They discover it's Japanese, and they realize, oh my god. We have to bomb Pearl Harbor. Yeah. Right. We have to do it. What are you Gene Roddenberry?
1: <laughs> yeah. We gotta kill JFK on the grassy knoll. I mean,
0: on an occasion, I'm Gene Roddenberry, Mark. <laughs> on occasion, <laughs> but not today. Uh.
2: But yeah. Look, Final Countdown is is not great, but it has one of the best like. Premise. Yeah. Best premises so ever. Good. And they
3: filmed
1: on an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and it
3: looks amazing. It yeah. looks amazing. I just remember that poster. It was it's in a comic books everywhere. Poster. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. no one saw. That it. Everybody remembers yes. the poster. Yes. And the
1: great John Scott score. So we talked about Star Trek Four. You know, this X-Men Days of Future Past, mm-hmm, one of the right. best X-Men films next to X-Men First Class. Let me Thank throw you.
0: out another one. Somewhere in time, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Somewhere in time, Christopher, even the luminous Jane yeah. Seymour. Yes,
0: yes. Mm-hmm. there's that word again, luminous.
1: <laughs> and well, it went when the f- two the f- the f- fits. Um, <laughs> there's
3: 12 Monkeys Terry oh yeah, yeah, yeah so. 12 Monkeys. <laughs>
1: um, there's Looper,
3: the Looper. uh Ryan Looper, Johnson, Looper,
2: Looper, <laughs> Looper. Idiocracy, <laughs> y-
3: yes, yeah, yes. okay, yes, yes. Peggy Sue got married. Right? So I usually think of time travel movies where the travel is going back in time, but there are some of those films where they travel forward in time, like Idiocracy or Sleeper or Um, Planet of the
2: Apes. Or when Buck Rogers (laughs) in the 25th century was released in theaters. you know, that's eligible (laughs) because it came out
1: in theaters before it was on TV. That's right. So Buck Rogers in the 25th century would be. Right. Captain William Buck Rogers. But it will not be on Frozen (laughs) by (laughs) cosmic forces beyond imagination.
3: (laughs) beyond... (laughs) <laughs>
1: oh. Written by Kip Lennon, the the, the, the lyrics for uh, that, that oh, yes. wonderful song.
2: By the way, kids out there listening in podcast land, if you have not seen the pilot or the theatrical cut of Buck Rogers in the 25th century, you need to watch it for this reason and this reason alone, the main title <laughs> sequence, <laughs> which I have no explanation for at all whatsoever. It is- I do. What is it? Well, you know, the thing but was- it's amazing. it's
1: when they, when they did the theatrical, because Galactica, they put in theaters after you know they had shown on ABC, and basically it's the same thing as the three-hour premiere with like a couple minor alterations, and it was so successful. They said, well, what if we premiere Battle, uh, Buck Rogers in theaters before it's on TV? Because it came out in the fall, but they showed it in the summer. Mm-hmm. We'll make even more money. They didn't, but um, <laughs> the uh, the thing about the credit sequence, is at the time, the series was all going to be if you remember that that tag, Buck Rogers, you have no identity in the 25th century. You could go anywhere, be anyone. You could be the ultimate secret agent because, you know, no one knows who you are, you know? So... It's an homage to the James Bond Because oh, uh, that was the concept? Uh, concept. Wow. And so you have like all these women sitting on planets and <laughs> nebulas, you know, and Aaron Gray looking super sexy and luminous. Sexy. And uh, <laughs> it, it is the most, and that awful song, like, you, you know, you said, Far Beyond the Stars. So we screened that. I remember at oh, the Cinematheque. attack that was great. That and a was lot a of people night. had only seen it on TV, had no idea about this credit yeah. sequence. And it is insane. Yeah. It's so awesome.
2: Awesome, not the word. No, no, it's oh, awesome. It's awesome.
1: It is. it's awesome. It's so bad. It's on YouTube. You can look at it. If you don't want to sit through the whole thing, go on YouTube and it just put in uh, Buck Rogers' uh, uh, theatrical main title credit sequence, and it's it's gla it's glad. it's awesome. We should put it on our Facebook. We'll put it on our Facebook page and our YouTube page uh, for 4:30 movie, Damn so you right. can check it out because it's it's awesome. Awesome!
0: Awesome. So we have an abundance of riches. And well, I'm, I'm awesome. sure there's so more.
1: You mentioned Army of Darkness.
0: Oh, my God. With the great yes. Bruce Campbell. Which,
2: which is weird that I didn't think of that, because I, I have every, every edition of that film ever put out on any sort of <laughs> medium whatsoever, period. Because... I love that movie like in irrational ways. Yeah, And, and I yes, don't know why, because uh, his name is Ash.
1: Any other thoughts, Steve? Well, it's primer. Primer, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah. Edge That's...
2: of Tomorrow. Oh,
3: yeah, okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Groundhog Lived, Day, really... the sci fi version. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, source code. Mm-hmm. Uh, Interstellar.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. What about uh, Safety Not Guaranteed? I haven't seen that. I really
0: oh, wanted
3: good. to see that. You yeah. should see it. It's yeah. good.
1: Yeah. I like it.
0: It's not good enough to warrant a Star Wars movie, but
3: yeah. <laughs>
1: well, you know what? Whatever, whatever happened there, it turned out great. So. Oh, no, not that one. No. The, no, I, I was thinking Collins' film. Thinking Co- Rogue that, One yeah. is great. Yeah, we don't know episode nine, because he's no longer on it. Um, Trevor Vaux. Because his safety was not guaranteed. Yeah. His safety <laughs> was not guaranteed by Captain Kennedy. That's right. Um, Contract, not guaranteed. Anything else?
3: No. That's, well, uh, none of these for things, me, by the way,
2: were my out-of-the-box pick, but it, I'm not telling you
1: what it, it was. It kind of comes <laughs> down to, I'll go back in time and find out. It came <laughs> back, it comes down to me to either The Terminator or Star Trek Four. And I know... No. no. No? No, no. I know you hate it. But I hate Star Trek 4 I'm strongly- um, um, I've always hated Star take. Trek 4 and I always will. Now, you know, the thing about Star Trek Four is it has such a great message, even though I don't Does love it? the movie. Yeah.
2: What's the message? The message is, I love Italian, and so do you.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the message is, <laughs> we have another podcast about Star Trek, <laughs> and it's
0: a great chance to slide
3: it in there <laughs> to cross-promote.
0: So let's talk about it on that podcast and leave it off of this one, because I think we should go with it Terminator. It is. A- Yeah, I I don't know. I still
3: like Groundhog Day an awful lot. I do, too. But But. Terminator is a time travel
1: movie. It's all about the the paradoxes of time travel. It's about going back in time, changing the past that affects the future. It is that definitive template. And how many times has it been imitated? We could probably name 50 B science fiction movies throughout the next 30 years That ripped off Terminator. It it had such an impact in the way that Back to the Future. There's probably no movie, sci-fi movie that had more of an impact, you know, uh, than than Terminator, other than Star Wars or Alien. Definitely,
3: hugely you know, uh, important film. But I think Groundhog Day has also been imitated, uh, quite often. And that also deals with this time paradox of being stuck in this time loop and uh, mm-hmm. having to relive the same day over and over again. And, uh, what would you do with that ability and how it basically drives him insane? Right. And but I th- how doesn't... long did they figure out that he was reliving that same day? Something like it was years and years. Yeah, but like it doesn't
1: have a great musical day. sting, like dun 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 <laughs> dun
3: <laughs> You know? Look, I would not argue with Terminator. I love it, it's great, and I, I agree with everything you say, but I just want to make sure we give Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day does
2: not have Arnold.
3: I. <laughs> but it has look, Bill Murray!
2: <laughs> I owe the sort of rebirth of my career to the Terminator. So um, you should
0: recuse yourself. <laughs>
2: Shit. good point no. <laughs> why um, start now but no I mean look I just I, I say that, that in your as box. I like I I love the Terminator on such a, a deep deep level I don't even know where to begin to describing like how much I love that movie and how much I've
3: thought about it um, do you, And I, do you have the novelization by the way I don't do you realize that sells for like hundreds of dollars? Does the it? paperback. Of no, no, of Terminator, the first Terminator. Really? William Wisher, I believe, wrote the novelization. Oh By the way, had
2: the pleasure of meeting him. He is the nicest man. Ah. Totally the, Um I met him at Jim Cameron's 33rd birthday party. Jesus. Oh, well, you, you got Ashley beat. <laughs> yeah, that beats me. That beats me like an old rug. Yeah. Um, I, I, okay. I was going to say. I was going to be all partisan about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Um, But I feel the winds of the future war (laughs) moving towards the Terminator. And as much as I love Groundhog Day, it's another one of those movies that I think um, kind of can slot into some different things and maybe deserves more than sort of the Friday argument. Um, So if I have to... Patton.
1: Gladiator. Gladiator. No. Uh, We're going back in time to a previous episode. The Terminator. <laughs> All right. I vote for The Terminator. I vote for The Terminator. Sure. I'll go along with that. Friday. Okay, so Monday. Back to the future. Tuesday. The time machine. Wednesday.
2: Time after time.
1: Thursday, it's midnight in Paris. And Friday, it's
2: do-do-do-do-do. The
1: Terminator.
2: I think if it <laughs> went do-do-do-do-do, it would be a lot less threatening. Right. But determined, or just to our new podcast. He can't be bargained with. He can't be reasoned with. It yeah. doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely, will. Arnold. It how do you stuff. feel about
0: this? I love the ch- the choice for Friday, and uh, I, hopefully it'll give me some more money.
1: <laughs> well, on behalf of Arnold, Darren, Steve, myself, we're so glad you joined roughly... us for Time Travel Week. That's <laughs> actually... <laughs> He just vanished in time. Oh, I'm not glad. You Ironically, us. we're out of time. He disappeared. <laughs> we're out of time. But we will be back next Friday, hopefully, with an all new episode of the 430 movie wherever you listen to podcasts. Meanwhile, we hope you'll check out our sister shows in Glorious Trek the ultimate Star Trek podcast with Darren, Doctorman and myself. Disco Nights, a celebration of Star Trek discovery, featuring host Chase Masterson and guests. Meanwhile, if you want to check out previous episodes of the 430 movie or purchase some of our great Go Back in Time uh <laughs> or, or some of our great 430, movie logo wear you can go to 430 movie dot com or suggest future theme weeks tell us how we screwed up this week at twitter or 430 movie 430moviepo- at 430 movie dot com or on Facebook at 43 movie. And if you're feeling really generous, please go to Apple Podcasts and rate us 5 stars. It really makes a difference because it helps call attention to our podcast so new fans can discover it. Uh, you know, if they see uh, that's been ranked 5 stars, they say, "Hey, I want to check this out." If it's been, you know, 3 stars, they think, "Oh my god, it's Star Trek 4." Um, finally, um, a very special thanks to Bill Ritter and uh, producer Natalie Muscali, everyone here at uh, Electric Studios for making the show possible. Big shout out to Dean. Until next week, on behalf of all of us here on the Fourth Day Movie, thanks for joining us, and Eyewitness News starts now.
3: This episode brought to you by Chome Combite Honate Ober Advancer Mercantiles. The spice must flow. This podcast is a production of
1: the Electric Surge Network.